It was uh, May 26th. We were about ready to move into our dream home, and she said, I'm going to help you move in, but I'm not staying. After a couple of weeks of just wallowing in this mire, it dawned on me, Keith, you're the problem. And when I realized I was the problem, it was almost simultaneously I realized I'm the solution. How do you make that kind of fucking transformation? I see how many people you help. I see how many relationships you help. I see how many, how many people you commit to. And part of my instincts and gut, it says the more you started serving other people, the more you started serving yourself. But my wife isn't actually my number one mission. That's, the, that's what a lot of guys try and overreact and do. She doesn't want to be your number one mission. She wants to be with the man who's on a mission. My family is the most important thing to me. No, it's not, because you've never spent a fucking dollar investing in how to become a better family man. Ooh, that's so Put your money where your mouth is, bitch. All right, Keith, welcome. I, uh, I'm pumped for this topic, man. Eric introduced me to you, and uh, we've just been chatting before, before we hit record here. And I love a man who's willing to be straightforward and honest about their fallibility, particularly in relationship as a husband. And Eric and I, man on a mission, kind of the whole spirit of this show is to be willing to look to the darkest, most vulnerable moments in light, this whole idea that you can only go as high as you're willing to go low. And uh, so we just want to start there with a broad-based question like, Take the listener to one of your own darkest moments as a husband in your life, your relationship, and what became of that? Yeah, well, first of all, it's really great to be on your guys' show. Much respect. And listen, I'm going to share my, a moment of darkness, one of many moments of darkness I've had in my life. And I think the listeners are going to be like, yeah, I probably had multiple dark moments in my life, if we're being honest. And unfortunately, yeah. in our society, we only we, we want to like disassociate with that, like this wrong or bad or whatever. But there is no darkness without light. There is no light without darkness. So mm. we have to have both of these to actually enjoy our experience. And my darkness actually led to me gaining my biggest clarity in life ever. And it was very simple. It was uh, May 26, almost six years ago, a little over six years mm. ago. And uh, we were about ready to move into our dream home. And Jesse and myself and our daughter were going to move into our dream home in Vegas. And very simply, she said, I'm going to help you move in, but I'm not staying. Mm. And I realized there that I was on the, the doorstep of my second divorce in my life. And mm. I helped her pack up the U-Haul. I helped watch them go down the cobblestone road that we lived on and turn and I couldn't sleep. I couldn't eat. I couldn't. I would go to the gym for like six hours a day and swim and hang out in the sauna and cry and go do laps upstairs and do like chest day three times on a Monday. <laughs> and mm. after weeks of that, I realized the greatest truth I ever realized after. I mean, you feel the ultimate rejection. And I think rejection is something that as humans, we, we're afraid of death and we're afraid of being alone. And rejection feels like both in the moment. And mm -hmm. so after a couple of weeks of just 
wallowing in this mire, it dawned on me, Keith, you're the problem. And when I realized I was the problem, it was almost simultaneously I realized I'm the solution. <laughs> and so accepting that I was the issue in my relationship, my past relationship, and every fucking relationship I've ever been on was on me, and I realized I was the problem, it just became very abundantly clear if I'm the problem, I'm the solution. So the darkest moment was that deepest rejection because my story is maybe similar to a lot of guys, whereas maybe the numbers are wrong, but I went and had sex with hundreds of women trying to validate myself as a ladies' man, only to finally find the one that I wanted to keep. And now after being together for five years and saying, we're going all the way for her to show up as we move into this landmark house for us, and to be like, basically, dude, yeah. you run your business, you come on home and talk about your business, and you fall asleep on the couch. And this is what she said that kicked it all off. My life would be better without you in it. Oh, well, fuck, that's my ride or die saying her life would be better without me in it. And it, dude, it, I spun out dark for a couple of weeks for sure until I actually had the re re revelation. Well, if you're the problem, you're the solution. And that is when I got all my power back, all my hope back. And I put me on the mission first for myself. I've got to become the most attractive version of me for me for no other reason other than me. And then that has led now to this interesting thing, getting her back now this mission that her and I are on together of helping men become the most attractive version of themselves so that their wife is actually like hmm. stoked to be with them. So that's how actually mm -hmm. it's the darkest part of my life, but it's actually how my mission started. Yeah, that's powerful. amazing. So he went right to extreme ownership is what I'm hearing right there. So what does that look like? I mean, I, I just imagine it's like really burning all the bridges of all the bullshit that you really have. And how deep did you have to go to realize like how much you'd have to change to become this Keith? I'm going to say I'm some sure things that are radically embarrassing. And every guy, when I say it, is going to be like, I can't fucking believe he said that. And if I had the balls to say that, I might get what he has. So let's go with that frame and context for the yeah, get-go. For sure. I realized yeah. my, when my wife met me, I was 185 pounds, fucking ripped as shit, and every girl wanted to be on me and wanted to be with me. When she told me my life would be better without you in it, I had blown up to almost 240 pounds. Mm. So mm. in, in, in terms of what we would talk about, like at my man club and my man cave, we'd be like, bro, you got fat as fuck. So this lady now is having to not bang this beautiful 185-pound tiger meat wrapped in barbed wire male model, but now she's, she's hunkering up next to dad bod, wondering, and my wife is extremely attractive, so it's not like she's she was like, well, this is the best I can get. So that's yeah, step number one. Step number two, um, although my business was making a lot of money, I wasn't spending it wisely and being wise with my investment. Therefore, it actually spooked her and thought, man, is this guy, can he really take us the distance? That's number th two. Number three, mm. I was such a shitty fucking dad that my, my wife said, I cannot have another kid with you because you were so bad with the first one. She didn't even want to go on uh, girls' night out because she was afraid I was going to not know what to do with the baby. After I'd already raised three other kids, that's how in decline I had become. Damn. Number four, 
you're not even fun to be around. Your friends think you're fun because you get high with them and have a good time with them, but you treat me like I'm the, the slave and the, the, the this and the cook and the cleaner. So you're not even fun. I go out alone because you don't even want to go out with me. You're boring as fuck, and you used to be really fun. Wow. And then lastly, lastly, for a man that's had sex with as many beautiful women and she'd met a lot of them, she goes, I don't know why you're so deeply insecure. So there I am, no power, Fuck. shitty parent, uh, making profit but not being real wise with my money, no longer playing and having a great time with her. And she basically said, I'm so alone in my marriage that I would rather be, I, I, I'm more alone now than if I was single. So I was just showing up as a shitty partner. I couldn't have been more of a fuck up in how I was showing up for a relationship than how I was. Hmm. So practically, I feel like I've, I feel like I I've heard, I I feel like I've heard this. I, I feel like I've heard parts, p- bits and pieces of this myself. I wonder how many relationships out there have the wife like say, what are you? Like you are not the, like, you know what I mean? Like there, there's no marriage that's perfect. There's no, you always got to keep your shit in check. And like, that's a big transformation. You just went off of like the big five. You know what I mean? Like I've, I've heard that I'm no fun. Like I used to be fun. Like I've, I've you know, you, but you really went deep and honest and in, insecure and all these points. How do you make that kind of fucking transformation? Like you don't just flip a switch and like, I'm good Keith now. Like there's gotta be some disciplinary shit. And I'll just be foreshadow a little bit of my instincts. I see how many people you help. I see how many relationships you help. I see how many, how many people you commit to. And part of my instincts and gut, it says the more you started serving other people, the more you started serving yourself. I just feel like that is the real secret sauce gift. You got to give it to, to get it. And that is probably how you stay balanced and reminder. But let me like, let you unpack that. That's just my instinctual gut is because I know how many fucking people you are that you help. You're an amazing guy. But this is crazy. So how funny that the relationship coach, the expert, the married game podcast, like all this information that pours out of your infrastructure, which is amazing, by the way, you do such a good job. And it's always interesting and always compelling. But how funny that it started from this place where you were like an empty shell of your old self. Dude, it, it I always tell people, Jesse and I were the back of the pack in terms of our couples of our friends and now we have smoked everyone mm. i don't know if this reason why i speak so boldly about relationships is i've never met anybody with a better one than mine that i've built in the last five and a half years mm. nobody mm. not mm. one and every person that listens to this that has somebody they look up to i know them and have been in their house in eden or they've been at my man cave i know everybody and everybody knows me for the most part and guess what I haven't met anybody with a better relationship. So what happened was I had to become the guy myself that was in you undeniable that what I was was who I was because it couldn't I couldn't be have my wife deny that I was that thing. So it took an extreme amount of ownership and attention to detail. I'm talking about shit where when I would just normally come in the garage and put my shoes and kick them off and go, it's late at night, I'll get them in the morning. I'd be like, no, motherfucker, you put those things straight right now because there is no morning. You do it now. And so I created this Mm. 
crazy mindset that said, I got to score myself every day on how good of a man I'm actually showing up to become. And if I'm not, then I'm a fucking pussy. I'm afraid to look at the facts and I got to get out of fantasy. Because I, when my wife left, she told me she let me know. But to me, it felt like a, a frying pan across the face that woke me up and go, where did that come from? It came from you falling asleep, dum-dum. That's where it came from. So I just became radically awake, and I'm like, I'm tired of fucking being fat. Yeah, I'm fat. Stop that bullshit. Knock it off. And I knew how to get in shape, but I just didn't want to do it because I didn't feel like I needed it because I took my foot off the gas. All of us men do this shit all the time. So I had to get real with myself, and I had to to motherfuck myself. I had to be the, the football coach that I hated to myself. And what it took me doing was quit fucking worrying about everything else that's everybody else what about me what if i was what if i had a playing card for me and you saw my stats oh 2020 this was his stats 2021 this is a stats. this is a player in decline fuck this guy trade him get rid of him cut him what if we actually treated our life like that that's where i had to start getting really honest and then i started surrounding myself with friends that would tell me the truth like like i would look him in the eye and go no that's not the truth. You're still afraid to hurt me. You can't fucking hurt me, even though it's going to sting like hell. You've got to fucking tell me the truth. And that, mm-hmm. if you listen to my three and my closest friends, Taylor Welch, Garrett J. White, Dan Martell, the, the, the way we talk to each other sounds so fucking offensive to people that <laughs> aren't around us. And even my wife's like, you need an hour after you hang out with them because we will be like, what the f- Dude, it, I had a guy that would not come on my podcast because he deems me fat. Now his he believes that that uh, like if unless you have veins, you're fucking you're a fat ass, right? But guess what? I have a goal of my life that I want the NBA superstar, or the MLB superstar, or the fucking whoever superstar to say, "Here's a hundred thousand dollar check for you, Keith. I need an hour of your time to sort my shit." Well, guess what? I got a wake-up call that 11% body fat isn't fucking good enough because that's where I'm at right now. So I can't let that little inconsistency with that high-level man be a problem for me to be able to affect him. So I took that ownership till this day. The guy just said it a week and a half ago, and he was right. And I said, I just, I just have a different relationship with truth. I now care what the truth says, not what you fucking say, because I know you're lying anyway. I'm 100% convinced that 99.9% of everybody I'm talking to is absolutely fucking full of shit and putting on a story to mm. try and be cool in front of me because I do that shit too. <laughs> That's so good, bro. That's so good. You mentioned guys like Garrett, and I love Dan Martell. I've actually gotten to really know Dan, and he is a fucking incredible person. And so, number one, you're right. Who you surround yourself with was, is everything. How did you get involved with Garrett? So you, you had all this stuff happen. I feel like Garrett, it was a really unique piece for you. Maybe I'm wrong, but when, when, you, when you got this bad news from Jesse before you started gamifying your life and really trying to like, you know, master yourself, did you turn to someone that, that kind of pulled you in and, and, and really started wailing on you? How do you, how did you get in that room you're describing or were you already friends with all of them? No. So when I went, when Jesse left me six years ago, Dan Martell was one of my best friends. Pete Vargas was one of my best friends at that okay. time. And they still are. At that time. 
and another guy. So I called them, and I was crying to them all the time, and they're just like, man, you know, you know, and they, but they all knew Jesse, so they, it, it was just a big fucking clusterfuck. Got but it. when I met Garrett four years ago, I was already this guy you meet right now. Unashamed ah, okay. about who I believe I am. Unfucking phaseable. Don't give a fuck who you. I I didn't I didn't really like Garrett. If I'm being honest, I saw his marketing. I'm like, oh god, no, thank you, Sergeant Slaughter. <laughs> go fuck yourself. But me and Pete invited him to our yacht party four years ago, a little over four years ago. And I'm like, oh, you're inviting that psycho? That guy's crazy, dude. Is he? Does he even know how to have fun? Is he gonna bring his clipboard and his whistle? I was genuinely in there in my brain. And he was one of the first guys to show up at the cabana before we got on the yacht. And he and I spent an hour laughing our asses off together. I was sharing mm. some of my stand-up comedy bits with him, and he was laughing. He was – we just – and I was like, this guy isn't anything like any of these people. Next thing you yeah. know, I said, hey, you surf? He goes, I live on the Strand. I, go, I grew up surfing that beach, uh, blah, blah, blah. So I ended up moving out too, and we started surfing every day. And I would tell him shit that nobody had told him before. Nobody. Because everybody looks up to him in a certain way. I didn't come through Warriors, so I didn't have that frame. I saw a really funny, interesting, kind, amazingly disciplined dude that loved the same religion I loved, which is surfing. So when we showed up to Temple every morning at the exact same fucking time and end up surfing together every day, five or six days a fucking week for three years. This last year, we've taken some time off of uh, surfing, but we've gotten way deeper in some other areas together. And uh, you get to know somebody. If you talk to them for an hour and a half, and I started sharing all my shit that I believe about relationships, monogamy plus, uh, marriage certificates are fucking dumb, uh, all the stuff that I believe. How many, he had never met anybody really that had had sex with hundreds of women before. And I was telling him just random stories. I'm comfortable in a strip club. My wife and I don't have a problem being in a strip club together. Like I was just telling him who the fuck I was. And he was like, you're the most honest person I've ever met. I'm like, oh, that's a compliment coming from a man who says he's the most honest person he's ever met. And he realized sure. I didn't care about anything about Warrior. I didn't even give a shit. I, bro, first time I went to a Warrior event was a year ago that he asked me to speak at. Yeah. So he just met me and was like, this is a real motherfucker. And I'm like, yeah, and? And then he would do some things that would irritate me. I'm like, ah, what are you doing there? Or I would do some things that irritate me. He goes, what's up with that? I'm like, well, it's this, this, this. And he's like, fuck, that's an interesting. Or he, he would tell me his points. I'm like, yeah, that's kind of interesting. And so when you meet that person that you truly is like, well, I feel 15 years old again. Yeah, I do too. Yeah. That that's changed fun. my life. It, he yeah, had a he, massive impact on who I am, but not in how I believe, what I believe about relationships. That, I have a question on that. Keith, hearing you unpack or unfurl to him like what you do believe about relationships like what is the highest purpose or highest function of marriage to you like what is it i think it's companionship i think it's ultimately it's a, it's for some reason that companionship is what really, when it's all said and done, I tell Jesse all the time, dude, when your tits are dragging on the floor and my nutsack is sweeping up behind me, I want you and me to be best friends doing whatever we possibly can. Like, Jesse's my best friend. And that's what I found after all this. I'm like, I can get all the hottest whatever. That's fine. And it's not because I look like Brad Pitt, because everybody watching this video is like, this is Brad Pitt. No, no, no. But my personality, 
You can't fucking no. escape it. It is too good. <laughs> it's too good. You're going to feel too good about yourself because I'm going to see shit in you and have a low ego about myself and tell you what I see in you and why I think you're awesome. Not to get anything just because it's my superpower. Well, nobody can fucking resist that. And it's not something to resist or receive. It's just, hey, you know what, Matt? You seem super inquisitive and curious, and you have no judgmental bone about you. That's how my experience of you is. Eric, I can see you so as the fucking audiovisual is kind of getting a little... You're going, fuck, dude. I have such a high standard because my fucking abs are so high and so tight, and I have so many fucking 12-packs that... Everything has to be dialed, dealed perfectly, amazingly. And what I see is a man who cares so fucking deeply about creating excellence that anything that would even deviate from that would absolutely give you goddamn hemorrhoid. And I think those are both extremely high qualities about both of you guys. And this is our first fucking interaction. Yeah, what do you think, Matt? I, I, I'd say that's damn on point. <laughs> it's yeah, fucking that's... good. <laughs> That's yeah. fucking amazing. I, uh, That's true, man. Like you were, you were good with Matt. Doesn't it feel like, good to be seen. Yeah, oh, 100%. Oh, sure. Understood. Yeah, 100. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It does. So man. thank you. That's for that. what I have in my relationship with my wife. She can see yeah. me and go. Oh, remember, remember, remember what? Remember when the? Remember when the business got a little bit tight and you started feeling your ego getting nervous because all your friends are so much richer than you. And yet you didn't give a yeah. fuck and you were honest with all of them about where you're at. And the next thing you doubled down yeah. and then you grew to where you really want to become. I remember that. And that's a man I can fucking follow. Oh, so yeah. I have a companion in Jesse. I yeah. love that. Right. Yeah. 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 Just, just to simply be with one another. It's, she's it's, its own joy. She's a beautiful woman. They're, they're a cool couple. I get to watch you from afar. Right. So it's really cool to just interact with you, but I, I like how you guys interact. I love watching, the, like, it's just compelling content. They put out content that speaks to every single person on planet Earth. And you may even be, like, watching it and, like, like secretly you watching it kind of stuff. You know what I mean? Like, maybe not put it on loud yeah. display, but it's really interesting to hear people's fucking problems in their relationships. It's so interesting. And, like, we all deal with it. Everyone deals with shit. You know, I, I would say I have a, a pretty amazing relationship with my wife. We're complete opposites. She's not on social media. She doesn't give a fuck about any of that shit. She could care fucking less. And she's the reason I'm here. She's a strong woman. And she doesn't need me to be happy. She's at peace. And she doesn't really need much. Although she could have whatever she wants. Yeah. And I try to provide that. It's more about me, if you want to know the truth. Like, it's more about me giving her what she wants or, or making her have the things like... Because, like, I take pride in that. She really doesn't care. And that's why I love her so much. Like, it, it's all those things mm -hmm. about relationships that are actually interesting to talk about. Like, dissect and chop up. How did you get into this whole married game? Like, I actually still, Keith, before you get even there, I still want to hear about how you just killed the old Keith and, and were reborn this new Keith. Because I imagine you sort of had to murder the old you to create this version. Just, just so everybody understands, still murdering. Mm. Yeah, never ended. Little bitch yeah. voice Keith is always fucking hanging around, putting on a new mask, <laughs> trying to get me distracted and do some stupid ass bullshit all the yeah. time. So how am I dealing with him every day? Yeah. Well, fuck, yeah. dude. That that's the dragon we're all trying to tame and beast, just like all yeah. of us are. But for that's me, the game. That's, that's the game. The nature. Yeah, that's the game. Keep going. Yeah, that's so the game. I put a few <laughs> protocols in place to help me alert myself when I'm off. 
Mm. And I get almost all my advice now from one source, Andy Frizzella. You know mm. why? Because he's an honest motherfucker who has everything we all want, and he got it by the... His dude's the same age as me. That guy could fucking have a coin fall out of his pocket accidentally worth more than anything and everything I've fucking built. And you know what? I respect the hell out of it. Yeah. Hmm. And his program changed my life. If, uh, my, my life is not this me to this day. And, my, and even Jesse and I are divorced 100% if I don't do the Live Hard program two and a half years ago. Oh, I got God. Jesse back, but that didn't make us perfect. That made us now with an experience and some history with each other of us now committing publicly to the world. We're not going to be pieces of shit to each other. But the temptation and the habit to be a piece of shit to each other is still there to this day. Right. No, I get it. Um, so that was two and a half years ago? Yeah. Is, is that when you guys rejoined? Were you chasing her like crazy or did you go off the deep end for no, a while? No, no, no. no. Uh, Five and a half years ago is when I got, six years ago when I got her back. I started the Live yeah. Hard program two and a half years ago. Okay, got it. And, and, yeah. and I would have divorced Jesse again for the thir you know, third time. By, it would have been done because I had to learn what 75 Hard, basically, the whole thing taught me was that I don't do what I say I'm going to do when I say I'm going to do it. That is a rule yeah, I've man. lived by since uh, October 4th uh, of two years, almost two years ago. And that changed mm. my entire marriage because the whole reason Jesse didn't trust me and why most wives don't trust their husband is they don't do what they say they're going to do when they say they're going to do it. And so no, that's everything. And it's a simple shit. Yeah, I'll hang that painting and it doesn't happen for a month or two months. And they're like, what I thought you said. So when the trust goes down, yeah. the lust goes down. Mm. And that's what happened with yeah. Jesse. She's like, oh, I'm supposed to want to get naked. Go ahead, Matt. I saw you talking there, bro. I like when you talk. No, I like yeah, I, talk, I'm just agreeing <laughs> yeah. with you. Like, uh, I'm, I'm thinking of the phrase, you know, honor your word like it's your life. And that, that simple discipline, it's like a scalpel. It could cut through any problem. Yep. It could, yeah. and, and the thing I'm thinking as you're talking about it, you hear it thrown around in business, but I think people can grow lazy with it in their marriage. Yeah. And, and if you bring that discipline to your marriage, like honor every utterance, like it's your life. I mean, I'm just loving what you're sharing. I That's all I'm saying. It is. I'm thinking, I, I'm thinking about my wife right now as he's talking and I'm thinking about how sexy I can get like in a blink if I have a vacuum <laughs> and I, you know what I mean? Like her, yeah. my wife's love language is acts of service. And for me, that's the last fucking thing I want to do when I come home with any kind of acts of service. Yeah. yeah. But I have, but I have to be mindful of it that if I want to her to see me the way I want her to see me, like I've got to pony up and I've got to fucking do some dishes every once in a while. Like it's not about the dishes. It's about me, her knowing that I don't want to do them and I'm mm -hmm. doing them. Yeah. And all of a sudden I become attractive. Like I'm not foolish. I know how this shit works, but like, it's hard. You got to be disciplined. And the most important key said it, keep your fucking promises you make to yourself. Yeah. If you don't have a spine, if you're all talking, no action, that's your biggest fucking problem right there. That's mm -hmm. most people's problems. I, and it really is. It's true. Mm -hmm. And so again, I have rules. I have 34 rules for my life. They're odd rules. One of them is protect innocence. So they're not you know, standard rules, but one of them is keep your fucking word. A handshake is your life. A fucking, you, you, fucking honor it yeah. and I say it like that because I, I, I really have got 
Like once you have rules for your life and you live by them, it's not that hard. You just have triggers that set things off. A trigger, it sets things off. A trigger that sets things off. If I sense a feeling I don't like, a trigger goes off and an action happens. But like I have boundaries. I had to explore. Keith is like right on to something here and I want you to keep going. Okay. Well, guess, here's the two biggest lies everybody says every single day, and it's why they're why why they or why they're asleep. You ready? It's both. Okay. My word is my bond. No, it's not. Ninety nine point nine percent of people, their word is not their fucking bond. Hey, I'll be there by ten, ten fifteen. Hey, I'm running five minutes late. Fuck True. you. <laughs> you did not honor your word. So therefore, I do not trust you. Got it. Yeah. You can't do so simple good. shit, motherfucker. Second thing is. My family is the most important thing to me. No, it's not, because you've never spent a fucking dollar investing in how to become a better family man. Ooh, that's so Put good. your money where your mouth is, bitch, because it ain't true. You're not right. Most guys have a business coach, a fitness coach, a health coach, and they don't even have a fucking coach to keep them accountable to being a husband. And everyone's like, I don't know what to fucking do. I don't know what to fucking do. Pull out your fucking checkbook. You go search the internet with, for the best fucking relationship coach that resonates with you. A lot of you pussies that don't want to be held accountable, you will not want to be me, have me as your coach. And I don't want to deal with you. So do not fucking go to MarriedGame.com yeah. and do not look me up and do not DM me. But for those of you who are like, you know what, dude, if I'm being fucking honest, if I'm really being honest, dude, I'm kind of a fucking shit parent. I'm pretty good, but not mm. really good. I'm kind of a shit partner. My wife doesn't feel like I'm her best friend because I actually don't fucking listen to her. And the only time I do listen to her is when I'm like, all right, if I put in 17 minutes on the clock with the Sex. fucking listening here, maybe she'll suck my dick tonight. And you're just doing <laughs> shit to get shit. And it's yeah. take her energy. So good. So good. And you're just, and it's that's so what most true. guys do. They go, that's, my that's, word is my uh, bond, except they break their word all the fucking time to themselves and to others. And my family's the most important thing. And yet, when your wife actually tries to talk to you, you can't even fucking listen to her. You know, you, you, that, if, if you were to go date some new hot girl right now, what date would you take her on? Awesome. Huh. That's the new standard for where you should go take your yeah. wife tomorrow, dum dum. Fucking you're amped. Uh, I'm so amped to go take you even, out on a date. Even, you know, that here's. Here's one of the biggest things I'm gleaning from you, Keith. Your little remark about how you put away your shoes, like coming in from the garage or whatever you said earlier. Yeah. I mean, what I hear in that is uh, it's like her happiness, her well-being is my number one priority. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it, like if I were to extract no, that's not or true. something like, no. how would you phrase that's what I That's okay. what I hear in that, like... Thank you for saying that. Because I thought that. you were no. inf- inferring, like, no. I don't want her to wake up and have to clean up my shit. Nope. Nope. That's not it. What that, is it for you? That is the secondary thing. Yeah, what the is it? The secondary thing. I told myself I would put, I'll handle something that I can take one second to do now, and I was going to do it tomorrow because I had the excuses. It was past my bedtime. So that example for me was not about Jesse not having to pick up. That was about you said you were going to carry your own weight. And my, my mantra was carry your own weight, leave no trace. Got it. But what you're saying has so much truth to it that I don't want to just say, no, that's wrong. It's not wrong. The context was different for that specifically. But my wife isn't actually my number one mission. That's the, that's what a lot of guys try and overreact and do. Your wife doesn't want you to be, she doesn't want to be your number one mission. She wants to be with the man who's on a mission conquering the yeah. world. And she has the yeah. honor and privilege of being side by side with him because yeah. 
sheep voices in. But the truth that you're talking about is never fall into the mom matrix. And that, my friend Matt, you couldn't be more right. My wife should never have to fucking pick up after me like, she, like, like one of her little children. So the shoes was mm. a different motivation, but you're absolutely right about why I do never want Jesse to ever have to pick up after me. Keith, I love hearing you talk, and I feel like I, this interview can go for hours, but I just have to ask this question. So, you, you know, go how far you want with it, with these questions, because I know you're up against the clock, but I just came to my mind, like thinking about chivalry. Is chivalry dead? And is chivalry important? How important is chivalry? Like, I'm really thinking back to, like, you know, the historic relationships. And, 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 and used for whatever reason, it, it feels to me uh, like a mixture of new, new school, but really, like, there's some old school characteristics in here and, and how you talk about your wife, just kind of with a little modern twist. But, like, I like that. I, I think the, weird, the way the world's going and how families are going and the destruction of the nuclear family you know, whatever it is, it may not be marriage, it may not be certificate, but somehow tied up into this question is this big question is like how you, how you treat people, like how important is chivalry? Okay. Well, I think it's kind of big. I even feel bad that I disagree with Matt right now, just so you know, that's how, that's how I feel. I don't want him to feel like I was saying, no, you're wrong, because he wasn't. So that's kind of where my personality goes, and I want to, I want to like affirm Matt, because Matt's asking insane oh, some fucking badass stuff. And so my heart even feels a little bad about it. So that's where my no, no, I, is. It, but let's go in for yeah, this. I'm free and happy, man. I love it. I love it. You're, you're being decisive. Okay. Yeah, he is very decisive. Yeah. I'm, I'm at peace, man. It's cool. My, like pe my peace okay, is good. He's refreshing. Deep. Keith's refreshing, isn't he? Keith is Keith He's is fucking delight. refreshing. Yeah, He's like yeah. a nice, like, fresh Frisca when you need it. You know what I mean? Well, you, Eric, <laughs> yeah. you told me about him. And I was like, I who is him. that guy? And then... Once I got his energy, I was like, oh, I get it. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Okay. Keep going. I want to hear okay, about so this. He, he, here's, the here's the answer to that question. Chivalry was a, a code that men developed yep. to show honor to a woman. Right. What I'm saying and what you're hearing is a mantra that we say often in Married Game, and it's simply this. Her response does not dictate my standard, which assumes that you have a standard, which I do. This everything I do, shoes away, no, dude, my wife said, hey, did you have a peanut butter and jelly sandwich? This was way back in the day. I'm thinking she's just this Nostradamus of sandwiches. And, and, and I go, how'd you know? She goes, well, you left a glob of peanut butter and jelly on the sink, you fucking kid. And I was like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. That's me, right? So that's kind of why it's like, oh, okay. So my standard is everything is clean around me. You, I, I don't yeah. want to be a burden to you. I don't want to be any of this thing to you. I, and my, I teach my daughter this thing, carry your own weight. It's got to – dude, if, I, if there's – we live on a trail right by the beach. If there's trash on the trail, we pick it up for no other reason. That's my fucking trail, and especially when I walk back, I don't want to see it. And so it's yeah. so is is it chivalry? Yes, but it's more like standard. But dude, I do some other crazy shit that people go, "What the fuck?" Me and Jesse sleep in separate beds. Hmm. You know why? Because I want to be in bed at eight fifteen when I put my daughter <laughs> to bed, and I want to be up at three forty-five to four a.m. Yeah. going out there and fucking chasing down some buffalo and fucking harpooning yeah, them. Yeah, yeah. And guess <laughs> yeah. what? 
I kind of snore a little bit, and I love sleeping with my dog, and I don't want to fucking wake up my wife or this. So the new house we're building has two entirely fucking master suites that when you open both doors, they look at each other. And other than that, I want to wave to her and say good night. I have more sex with that lady than I've had with any lady in my life. Oh, guess what else? You know what? There's a lot of shit that we do. She loves to drive. Fucking drive then, dude. I don't give a fuck. We yeah. both have great driving records. If that makes your heart happy, drive. And some of my friends yeah. are like, dude, your wife drives. I go, hey, don't try it because you're going to start to really like it. But if yeah. on date nights we go back into chivalry and I so open the doors, it's a, it's a we understand our lanes yeah. and how we don't give a fuck what any of you think. I think chivalry is I, I live by a code and I live by a standard. Yeah. And you have to do that. For your woman to still respect you because if she thinks, oh, he's he's doing this just to get something for me, take her energy. Don't worry. She now has the strings. You don't have no strings. Uh Uh-uh. You're with the great and mighty Keith fucking Yaki. Who? (laughs) Here's yeah. Who? I gotta say this. Gotta hear this. Yeah. Who is blessed to have you as an amazing wife? And I love that you're blessed to have me as amazing husband. But any girl that gets to be lucky enough to be my wife is getting this treatment because that's my standard. It's 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 what you are. It's yes, dude. I have to say this. Like you 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 read Eric and I. I wanna I wanna do. I've never talked to you before. I've never taken in your content. Okay. Uh, And uh, (laughs) here here here's what I would say. Okay. You are a man who has the courage. And really the love to fully be yourself. I received that. Period. It's like your pri- it's your primary gift and standard. Like you're so free about it. And you can't so talking to you, I feel like really emotionally safe and yeah. free to be myself. Yeah, he's true. <laughs> and it's like he's honest. And it's like I just and you do it for its own sake. Yeah. It's like uh it's just like your core he's- I could see why He's not trying to get anything. No, no. You detect that. We unconsciously detect when people have an ulterior motive. That's why I want to tell him my shit now. But Dan, you're you're <laughs> you're a damn good expression Honestly. of that, Keith. Like fully be yourself. And that takes most people well, you know, you work with people. That takes tremendous courage, freedom, inner work. How and is you it, can't fake that. How is it working with other people? How how fucked up are these relationships that, that are coming to, to the table when you when they when you see them for the first time? None worse than mine at the time, so <laughs> I can handle awesome. all of it. None yeah. worse than mine, and I think that's yeah. why, like you said, people trust. I'm like, oh yeah, dude, dude. Oh, you did that. Ah, okay. Well, hold on. Here's what happened yeah. to me, and they're like, fuck. Yeah. That's, that's a, why when you go from the back deep... of the pack to leading the pack, everybody in the pack fucking starts to take notice and go, whoa, 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 whoa. You well, remember, remember the, the whole... guy that you went to a coaching class with back 10 years ago? And, and, and there's just only two out of the hundred of you guys that actually made it. And you're like, you look at the other one, you're like, you did it. You're like, you did it too. I know. I don't want those fucking guys, but we did it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, uh, it's like a saying you hear in recovery rooms, 12 steps, like, the really honest, sober addict, he'll say, there isn't one 12-step program I don't qualify for. You know, <laughs> like, they're just, there's such a depth of humility about their fallibility, really. You yeah. Know? It's refreshing, brother. Let's, uh, what would be, uh, I want to ask you, what would you most, 
you're 95 years old. You're about to fall into the coffin. What do you wish Eric and Matt would have asked you at the culmination of this conversation? <laughs> oh, man. You know, oh, I'm so glad they asked me to speak about this. Let me just share with you what's on my heart, and let's just go yeah. with that. I've come to discover that wanting something is a beautiful thing. And justifying mm-hmm. why you want it is the death of wanting that thing. Hmm. Mm. That's good. So I want a lot of shit. I just discovered again recently what my desire, the reason why I want financial freedom and everything I want is I want to surf the best spots in the world and I want to do it on my own jet. That's all. Yeah. I need a business Perfect. that makes that kind of money for me to be able to do that. And when Jesse goes or anybody goes, wow, guys sure think about sex a lot. Like, yeah, they do. That's not a problem. That's why if every guy thinks about only sex, then they must all have been fucking programmed by something within them to make them think about it. So if my wife goes, wow, you really want a lot of sex. I know, right? Yeah. (laughs) So I want what I want, and I believe people can want with it. As long as it doesn't hurt somebody else, we protect the innocent. I'm not going to, yeah. my wants aren't going to hurt you, but I want, I want to fly around a private jet to my fucking surf spots that I go. And I want to buy the houses on the beaches at the best surf spots so I can call it mine. That's what I fucking want. And it feels so freeing to say it and to not be like, well, why do you want it? I don't fucking know, dude. That's, I've wanted it since I was 15 when I discovered surfing. I just want it. I'm just, I'm just being me, man. Or judge me for doing it. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> Keith, that was fun, man. I, I enjoyed that conversation. Thank you, Keith. Real, like, fun as fuck. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a man on a mission. I'm a man on a mission.